0: Welcome to The Advocate with your host, Nick Phillips. And now, here's your host, Nick Phillips. Good evening, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with another edition of The Advocate. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, Tonight, we're going to be talking to Nan Baker, the council member of the Cuyahoga County Council, who will give us an update on what's going on here in Cuyahoga County with regard to COVID and some other things and uh, she'll be speaking to us on behalf of the 1.3 million people here in Cuyahoga County. Nan, thank you so much for joining us.
1: You're welcome. It's always good to come and uh, give you an update of what we're doing in Cuyahoga County.
0: Well, it's so good. When I, when I mentioned the number of over a million people here in Cuyahoga County, That adds some weight to what the county government does and why we should know about what's happening. Uh, we've been talking for over a year now, since March of mm-hmm. 2020, about COVID, and you've been gracious enough to come on and and give us an update. How are we doing with COVID right now in late April?
1: Right, and thanks uh, thanks for the question because we are on a positive track. It's good to see that many of our Cuyahoga County residents have uh, been able to get vaccinated uh, now as not like before. I believe now if you want a vaccination, you can easily get one. Uh, we are up to, which is the good news, about 42% in Cuyahoga County. Over 500,000 uh, people have been vaccinated, and uh, many of them are with the Moderna and Pfizer, so they may still need a second. But We are on a, um, a good track of getting our residents vaccinated and hopefully uh, a road that leads back to the normal way of life that we all remember.
0: Are we still seeing a robust response to people getting their vaccinations? Uh, I know that around the country there are some places where there are a lot of non-vaxxers who are are resisting it, but from what I've been hearing is that vaccinations do work. The more the population that's vaccinated, the lower the incidence of infection.
1: Yes, and I would agree with that. I personally have had both of my vaccinations, and uh, my Freedom Day is tomorrow, (laughs) In two weeks, since my second, uh-huh. and uh, that's that's how everyone should be looking at it. It really is a a sense of relief, and and yes, vaccinations are still rolling. Uh, we are getting into maybe a little more difficult, um, and that's where you see more media and more commercials and more perhaps information about the necessity of getting the vaccine. Uh, I'm not don't think we are into the never vaccine. I think we're into the, I'm on the fence. I'm not sure. Uh, my family members, I need to talk to them or talk to my doctor or those that just need a little bit more reassurance that this is in fact uh, what we should be doing so that everyone can enjoy our life the way we remember it.
0: Well, let's hope it happens quickly while we still remember how life used to be, uh, because right. the, the time is marching on. We're, we're not only going through these days quickly, but we're going through the weeks and the months quickly. So,
1: the uh, right. and
0: and for everyone's information, the virus is still out there. It's a novel virus. There's this more dangerous variant, the B117 variant that's out there still spreading around and i'm still hearing anecdotally stories of people who are getting hit with the virus and having very difficult results with a lot of if they're not they're not dying but uh they may have serious uh, problems that will be persistent afterwards the um do, do we still have to sell the need to get vaccine vaccines to everyone i, I know that We've had ours. My wife and I have had our vaccinations. We've had the Moderna through the county, and uh-huh. uh, it does give you quite a feeling of liberation. It that does. you just feel in the back of your mind, you feel more safe. And I was wondering. Yeah. I, I commented to my wife the other day that I would think to get the economy going, someone like the uh, the theaters, the movies, that uh, if you come in with your they don't do this, to my knowledge, but it would be nice if they did. If you come in with your vaccination card, you get a discount on your ticket. So encourage people to come out to the movies and start buying popcorn again. Right. But, uh, and
1: once we but, reach a, a level, Nick, that um, we can say, even if it's not herd immunity, but it's close. I mean, right now we're at 42%. If we get that up to 50 or 60%, uh-huh. that's a, a pretty high number, and it's the younger people, I think, that feel like, well, if I get it, I can, I can get over it. And like you said, with this variant that's out there, I wouldn't want to chance that. I mean, it's, uh, it's just not worth it. And for what you get in return and the satisfaction and relief you feel, and also the businesses that will be able to open up, not at a 25 or 50%, but at 100% again, it's, uh, it's really, there really is so little or should be so little hesitation to uh, take this vaccine and uh, enjoy what it is that, as you say, we don't want to forget how we lived just a year ago.
0: Yeah, I heard some interesting statistics from the Cleveland Clinic on the news the other day where of the staff and they employ thousands of people that uh, the support staff Uh, the number or percentage of the support staff that have been taking the vaccinations have been somewhere in the neighborhood of 30 to 40% have been taking it. Mm -hmm. Yet their physicians, and they have hundreds of physicians, they're in the mid-90s, 90% of of all the physicians have taken the vaccine. And when I heard that, I'm thinking, well, that should tell you something about the people who are smart and Mm -hmm. in the know they're taking it, so why? You know, they're smarter than I am on medical issues. So, I'm I'm pleased I got ours. So, but I, like you said, I, I hope we get higher. If we get to like fifty, well, we're almost at fifty. If we get to sixty percent plus, right? We should see a significant reduction. How how is the county doing with uh what what is going on uh with well, the they, they, right? The
1: virus. They certainly have their um their uh, local. As they did, Discount Drug, Walmart, uh, Walgreens, uh, all the places that, uh, even Mark, a lot of places you can go locally. Wallstein Center, uh, is giving the second stop that round. And it's been, and that's, that is really, uh, operated by the state, not the county. And I believe the governor is on record for saying he'd like to extend the Wallstein Center mass vaccination site. That uh, we can continue to vaccinate those that perhaps the J and J vaccine, with its pause, hesitated in uh, reaching the people it thought it would. So, uh, I think overall the state is doing well. You know, on the on the CDC or the federal, and we really need to determine whether or not the restrictions can come up, can come away, if you have both shots and have gone through the waiting period. Because with the restrictions still in place after you've taken the vaccination, I think causes hesitancy among those that haven't taken it yet. And that needs to have a better message as to when we can really see our life get back to normal.
0: Uh, We were at a restaurant the other night, a fine restaurant, uh, meaning expensive, And uh, we saw the the restaurant was rather filled with people, but they were separated. The tables were spread out and so on. But Mm -hmm. I noticed that all the people had, like, white hair. They're all older people. And Mm -hmm. I'm thinking that most of the older people have been fully vaccinated. And in Mm -hmm. the dining room, there was just a sense of calm and uh, sort of Mm -hmm. getting back to normal. Mm-hmm. And and as this happens, uh, I think we'll see more of that. would uh, you mention Jane? Jane, yeah, oh, yes. go ahead.
1: I was just going to say, I think that as Governor Dewine, and really very um, forward-thinking, made sure that the oldest and most vulnerable were vaccinated first, and that strategy has now played out to where we can feel better about our older community and that they have what was needed first. And now we have lowered it, lowered it, lowered it with the ages, and anyone 16 or over now qualifies. But that population that you saw in that restaurant, those were the first, among the first, that should have been vaccinated, have now gone through the waiting period, and probably feel pretty good (laughs) being out there and being able to enjoy a nice dinner without feeling so vulnerable that there could be this virus that could attack them any time.
0: Well, it certainly seemed that way. The the feeling in, in the whole room of just looking around, if I had a camera to take pictures yeah. of everyone, you'd see everyone was relaxed. They were yeah. smiling. They are having a peaceful time similar to what we had back uh, prior to the covid but uh, let let us see what happens on that. Uh, how Well, before we get into another topic, we're, we're almost going to have to take a break. But final comments with regard to the COVID sort of corresponds with the weather. That we're into the spring and things will start warming up and people will start getting outside and uh, yes. safer from the virus by being outdoors. So we should see a number of factors working together to sort of put down the uh, yes. spread of the COVID-19 and hopefully someday we'll be able to talk without mentioning the dreaded term COVID-19 but we're talking to con- that will be in our history we're talking to Nan Baker, a Cuyahoga County council person here in the Cuyahoga County Council we're going to be right back after these words you're listening to Nick Phillips here on The Advocate don't go away, we'll be right back back to Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with another segment of The Advocate. We're talking to Nan Baker from the Cuyahoga County Council, and we're getting an update on what's happening here in Cuyahoga County. Nan, thank you, as always, for being with us.
1: Absolutely. Always good to come back and give you an update of what we're doing on Cuyahoga County Council.
0: Well, I think we talked enough about COVID. I'm, I'm getting tired of it, <laughs> like everybody else yeah. is, because yeah. there are other things going on. There, there's a... Uh, situation: uh, the American Rescue Plan funding for the county. What, can you tell us what is that about and, and what's the status?
1: Well, uh, you know, we received through the federal government again another package of funding that uh, is now called the uh, American Rescue Plan, and specifically to Cuyahoga County, we are uh, to receive 240 million dollars. $240 million. That's, uh That's uh, a lot of money that uh, we are given. And of course, there are uh, guidelines as to how that can be spent. Uh, yet to be somewhat determined, we're waiting for our treasurer to get the official uh, guidelines. But uh, that will certainly help with uh, what we've been dealing with in trying to make sure that we give the services that are needed to those that have really suffered through this, not only uh, our residents but also our local businesses.
0: When, when we think of government funding and 240 million dollars being given to the county, uh, will the county be able to? Well, you said we don't have the details yet, but will we be in a situation where we can uh, distribute some of this money in the form of grants to private businesses and private individuals, or is it going to be strictly government programs that we have to implement?
1: No, uh, and I guess yes and no, because part of the government programming is giving grants to small businesses. We have an economic development um, part of our county, and uh, we give grants all the time to small businesses, other larger businesses that want to locate here in uh, Cuyahoga County. So that is an ongoing effort that these funds, I believe these funds, we, we will be able to help those that uh, are struggling and continue to struggle trying to keep their doors open, especially when they're at a capacity of um, 25% or 50% of what it is they're allowed to have enter into their physical business. As you said, with the nicer weather, they can expand their outdoor dining, which will certainly help. And also there's been an enormous amount of takeout that has also helped them, but um, it's not the same. And also, employees—they're having difficulty um, attracting employees to come back and be part of their their business and help get reopen and be successful. So, there's a lot of different layers to what we can do when we start giving uh, small business, large businesses, dollars that may or may not impact because of other circumstances that they're dealing with.
0: What are the theories as to why they're having difficulty getting employees back?
1: From what I'm hearing um, from small businesses that I've talked to, the unemployment has been extended until I believe it's October of this year. So their employees are continuing in unemployment and they're also getting additional dollars that they wouldn't have gotten because of the um, the grants attached to the unemployment. And it's hard to get people to leave that behind and go back to work. And through this yeah. virus and, and pandemic uh-huh. they lifted the restriction that said if you're called back to work, you need to go. <laughs> that's that well they, they lifted, I was, was going to say that go. was a
0: restriction.
1: It was at one time, but with the pandemic, uh, that, uh, it just, it doesn't seem to be in place anymore. And it caused a domino effect with the economy wanting to come back and struggling to get the employees back in order to be successful. So it is an, it's an issue. If you talk to most restaurants or small businesses, Trying to uh, get their employees back has been a problem, but uh, soon to be overcome. I mean, we still have to get through uh, summer and early fall, but that those dollars will be running out, and those employees will be looking for work eventually.
0: Well, I, I hope that gets straightened out, because it seems to uh, run run contrary to the, uh, I, I guess, the, the business model of people going to work when they can work. Unless there's a reason right. why they shouldn't work, and right. uh, I know the the old law in the past, prior to the pandemic, was that if you were unemployed, unemployment insurance was to be a safety net, uh, not a replacement.
1: Right.
0: So, well, right. Let, let's hope but, something you know, happens let's on that. Upside down
1: world, Nick. You know, the pandemic was just so unexpected, and I think that uh, you know everyone rushed. To try and figure out how they can help, and we probably mm-hmm. overdid it. And this, we probably underestimated the economy coming back this summer. And uh, unfortunately, government probably underestimated that uh, we probably should not have put that much relief into a package. But uh,
0: that's the way it is. That that is the way it is. Well, let's uh let's get through this upside down world as soon as possible. I keep saying that and <laughs> I, I see we're making headway toward that end. The yep. uh the Chicago County panel on diversity. Uh what what is happening there? We haven't talked about that for a while.
1: Yes, it's uh, uh you know an interesting revelation that has happened since I've been there. Uh the first thing that Cuyahoga County Council did under the recommendation of the executive was to address racism as a public health crisis. That's really what the model of the um, panel that was then appointed there to address. And so this panel has come to us with strategies of what they feel needs to be done in order to address uh, racism as a public health crisis. And uh, we just had a committee meeting to listen to the first recommendation that uh, they have offered us, which uh, was to look at the procurement process when we go out to bid for county contracts. So, do we have enough uh, um, balance when it comes to uh, the equity-related uh, Procurement methods. Is there, you know, um, those that, for women, is there enough those of color? Is, um, you know, do they have an equal opportunity to apply? All of those types of uh, questions were, were presented to us in trying to make sure that we bring equity through the procurement method of how we
0: handle
1: contracts when we go out to bid. So that was an interesting well,
0: um, report. I would think. Well, you talk about equity and you talk about balance, um, and you're you're talking about purchasing and hiring and so forth. Uh, where does merit fit into this? Uh, like we always talk about, uh, we we joke about federal government sometimes that if there is a if piece of federal equipment that fails, the joke is, well, keep in mind, you got that from the lowest bidder, yeah. and uh, the quality is sort of related to the, the cost of the item. But when you're you're talking about balancing, is there discussion about merit? Is there being any uh, way to make sure that you're still getting the best people available or the best contractors available? Are you going to sacrifice well, the... Yes,
1: and there is. I mean, we're talking lowest and best. So, you know, that then when we talk about lowest and best, that takes the lowest and puts it aside, must be lowest and best. Um, And really, the focus is not so much to eliminate those that are already competing, but to reach out to some of the smaller businesses, smaller women-owned businesses, smaller minority businesses, that feel like, you know, I don't have a chance trying to get a contract with the county. I just don't have the understanding of how I even bid for a contract. And those are the kinds of uh, businesses that this panel is recommending we reach out to, that you may not get the bid, but you should at least try. And we Well, good. More yeah, of yeah, that,
0: that is yeah. the American spirit, <laughs> I think. Right. But That's, and so that swap. is...
1: Uh, yeah, that clarifies it
0: a little bit better. I, I think so. Well, I think with the economy coming back into swing, I'm sure there's a, a pent-up backlog of demand for everything as we right. you know, put the COVID into the past. But uh, we certainly appreciate you coming on tonight and giving us an update on these things. We'll have you on next mm-hmm. month to get another update, and hopefully things will be even better. So thank uh, you very much. Thank you, You're Nan welcome. Baker. It's always
1: good to be here.
0: Thanks, Nick. Always great having you. Thank you, Nan. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back after these words. You're listening to Nick Phillips here on The Advocate. Don't go away. We'll be right back. I can get no,
1: satisfaction. I can't get no
0: satisfaction. Welcome back, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with another segment of The Advocate. In the next two segments, we're going to be talking about getting rid of the the dark, dreary feelings of COVID and bad news and how we can perk ourselves up and put ourselves in a better, more positive light. So with us tonight, we have Renee Shade, who is a licensed massage therapist and also does other things with uh, various things like Reiki and other things. Uh, Renee, tell us, what, what, what all do you do in addition to being a licensed massage therapist?
1: Well, I was uh, a Reiki practitioner first. I started that in 1996. And then I quit the corporate world and decided to become a massage therapist. And since then, I've taken healing touch and cranial sacral work, which are similar energy modalities. And I've combined it all to have my practice as um, an all around field uh, feel good mentally and physically uh, for my clients.
0: Now, when you have clients, they, they come in. If When we start with massage therapy, uh, I just know that I had a terrible shoulder problem years ago that the only way it, it got better was from massage. But getting people in who haven't had massages before, uh, are, are they a bit reluctant? Is there some embarrassment associated with with massage? How do you get them over that?
1: Um, I, it depends. If um, they are really shy, some one time I had a client that because of religious beliefs wouldn't take her clothes off to get a massage. So I gave her, I went through the whole all the motions of giving her a massage with her clothes on. And then she came back to me and she decided to um, get a massage. And when people take their clothes off, they just usually stripped down to their underwear and, you know, they're totally covered. They, um, I bring them in the room, they, I tell them what to do, how to get in on the table and I leave the room and they get undressed and they lay on the table covered up and when I come in, I just uncover what needs to be massaged. Their arms and legs and back and there's no you know, no embarrassment. I feel, well, that's I, I good because, I make
0: them feel good. Well, well very good. It almost sounds more medical at that point, which is what it, it should be. And, uh, well, I, I know in my case with regard to the shoulder, getting the muscles done, I mean, I had layers of muscles that were a problem. Uh, when you go through your training, uh, how long is the training and how much study do you do to understand what the human skeleton is like and what, the, the muscle structure is all about.
1: It takes about two years. It takes about two years. You take physiology and anatomy, and um, you, you have a lot of practice. on. You practice on each other. And at the end of your, at the end, close to the end of the two years, there's a clinic at the schools where people come in and you practice on them.
0: Now you have these other um, things you mentioned, like Reiki. What is Reiki?
1: Reiki is I've heard of it. The universe, it's harness Reiki means the universal energy, and it is harnessing the universe, universal energy, and it comes through your hands um, when you're attuned to it. It's a little ceremony that opens the energy within you. And allows you to have more energy come out of your hands than the average person. And the more you use it, the more powerful your energy gets. And um, it does heal. Mm -hmm.
0: Now, now that's uh, interesting because when we talk about massage therapy, we talk about essentially science. We talk about uh, the science of the body, the muscle structure. We talk about state licensing and that kind of thing. And when you're explaining what Reiki is, that definitely sounds more alternative. Uh, Does it work, and do we have any proof that it works?
1: Um, Well, science science has proven that everything vibrates, and everything is an energy. And by me giving you energy, it's actually you are the healer. I am just the energy giving I am just giving you the energy to heal. I don't as much as I would like to take the credit for it. I don't actually heal you. It's your body that heals itself. Um we all have the ability to heal ourselves.
0: How can you tell that it's working and and what what results do you see in people?
1: Well, you Sometimes you don't see any results physically. Um, it's the person how they feel when they, when they walk out usually is a good indication that it is working. Um, it, it makes you feel good. You, you're very relaxed and you're, um, you almost like in a euphoric state when, um, people leave my office because your energy is flowing through you in a straight line. But that's more of a technical, I mean, we're all energy and we have energy around us. And through life, as people get upset or they get afraid, they, their energy does not flow through them like it should. And it causes a lot of... causes panic. It causes unhealthy things to happen to their body. And when they come see me through massage and the Reiki, I align that energy that allows them to feel better. And then it's up to them to continue to feel better. Um, The best thing to do is to make... Keep yourself happy. I know we find that hard to do at times, but there is always something in somebody's life that can make them happy. And they can focus in on that if it's a, if it's a child or an animal or a pet or something that happened to them in their life that made them very happy. They keep that like um, in their mind to focus on to get them back into that happiness. It's a practice. It takes a lot of work but it can be done. And when people come to see me, I give them the basis for that. And then it's up to them to continue.
0: When, when we talk about being happy, the, uh, the the opposite of that is being sad and being depressed and being melancholy. And people who are grieving... I mean, there's all kinds of ways to grieve, you know, the death of a loved one or a sickness of a loved one, uh, or, or even just your grieving over your circumstances. Uh, with Again, we've been really restricted from going out and doing things like restaurants and movies for a long time, and we're just coming out of that now uh, to feel feel better. What um, what do you see? Because you've been doing this for a number of years. Uh, Eighteen. The, the thought is, Eighteen years, mm-hmm. you've seen people develop over those years. Have you seen them improve with uh, the, these various positive influences?
1: Yes, I have. I've I've seen them improve with positive influence, and I have seen them become happier. And the people that have not been able to do that, they stop coming to me. Um, they just they. They want me to make them feel better all the time, and they don't want to really uh, put their effort into doing it themselves. Um, We live in a world of polarity, and so for everything that happens to us in life, there is an opposite. And it's, like I said, it is a practice, but we can, if we're down, we can always work our way up to being happy. Um, you can't go from really sad to very happy, but you can work your way up what they call an emotional scale to become happy and live in, live in a joyful life. And I think that's our well, biggest goal for yeah. everybody.
0: Well, well, it is. Well, the trick is to do it in the face of the pressures that are just sort of trampling us down all the time. Uh, all the reasons why we should be negative, why we should be down, to uh, learn techniques to to get out from under that is, is a good thing. We're going to take a short break. We're talking to Renee Shade, who is a licensed massage therapist and a, a wellness coach, and is trying to get as many people as possible out of being negative. And we're going to be back with uh, Renee in a few minutes after these commercials. Don't go away. You're listening to Nick Phillips here on WHK, The Advocate. Don't go away. We'll be right back. I can't get
1: no I can't
0: get no... Welcome back to Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with our final segment of The Advocate for tonight. And tonight we're talking to Renee Shade, who is a wellness coach and a licensed physical uh, massage therapist. And uh, we're talking about basically keeping our attitudes positive and feeling good and feeling happy. Not an easy task to do for most of us most of the time. Renee, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you. We're, we're talking about uh, some very subjective things uh, as far as feeling happy, uh, feeling sad, being depressed, grieving, being euphoric. Um is there some type of emotional scale that that you're aware of that you sort of evaluate people?
1: Yes. Um, the emotional scale uh, ranges tell us from... Uh, yeah,
0: tell us about that.
1: Okay, it ranges from fear to joy. And there's actually 22 steps. And we're not going to go through all of them, but for instance, fear is lowest. Fear, grief, depression, powerlessness. And then say, up the scales, you would move to anger from fear to anger. And that's just moving, you just move up notches. Like, it goes fear, insecurity, and then jealousy, and then hatred, revenge, and anger. And then you just work your way up and then, like, frustration is 10 on the list. And being frustrated is closer to joy and then it, you oh. can get then from frustration you have pessimism and boredom and then content contentment and then like number six is hopefulness and number five is optimism and then you go four is positive ex- expectations three is enthusiasm two is passion and then one is joy Knowledge, empowerment, freedom, love, and appreciation is where ultimately you want to go. And it's that way, I mean, you have a lot of emotions that you have to work through, but um, if you Google emotional scale, it's a well known scale. Um, so it should come up. And you just work your way up. Mm-hmm. Each not. and sometimes it takes a couple of days to work through one emotion, and it's a matter of talking your way through it. And your goal really is to stay in the top ten because if we were all joyful, I don't think we would be here. <laughs>
0: well, if we were all joyful, there wouldn't be any wars, I don't think. Oh,
1: yeah, well, it wouldn't be. Yeah, love, love is the key to everything. So, um, yeah
0: can can uh, you actually I, teach people to work their way up the scale by evaluating themselves and are there techniques to take a really lousy day and turn it into a joyful day
1: well one one of the one of the simplest techniques to wake up happy is to go to bed happy and because the mood you're in when you go to bed is usually the mood you wake up at so if you can find something, you know, watch some watch something that's funny on TV or go on um, Instagram or YouTube and look up something, a comedy thing that makes you laugh. If you can laugh before you go to bed, you usually wake up with a smile on your face. But again, all this takes time and everybody's an individual, so everybody has Certain things that they have to work through that sometimes get a little bit more complicated than just an emotional scale. But I think our goal in the world is number one to get out of the fear that a lot of people are in right now, and to um, know that you're worth you're worth being here, and that you're um, you're you're a child of God and we're all... I was going to say, it ever sounds ever like it's almost it.
0: religious.
1: Yes, well... R- we religion plays into
0: that and supports that.
1: Well, sure, because God is... The love of God is here to... Is here to help us, but a lot of us don't recognize it or believe we're worthy of it. So, I mean, there's a lot of work that has to be done in our world, and... um I'm here to start it somehow.
0: (laughs) Well, it's just getting people to think about it. And I I think if you can convince people that if they're negative and not feeling happy and just generally feeling negative and down, whether or not you can teach them techniques, if they're willing to learn how to become more positive people.
1: I I think there's a lot of people out there that, are willing to learn they just don't know where to start and um yeah i mean look just looking outside and and hopefully seeing the sunshine and the blue skies is a way to make you smile um you know there's it's the little things in life that are more important than the bigger things in life and um this last year has, well, that, has that done a number on us. It, it has done a number on us as far as fear is concerned, and um, and it has changed us all. And I think it's time to change again for the positive. And, um And even in your life, um, if you're somewhere and, you know, smile at people, even if you're wearing a mask, people can tell if you're smiling at them or not. And especially people that are scouring or, you know, they have a look of, of sadness, you know, it, it, a smile can go a long way. And if somebody looks like they're struggling, ask them if they need help. You know, don't be afraid to ask them. Um, those little things mean a lot to a lot of people.
0: And so you're talking about just being a nice person. <laughs>
1: Basically, if you're yes, out there kindness. being a nice
0: person and just kindness. do unto others as you know you would have do unto to you
1: yeah.
0: there, there's one thing uh, that you mentioned to me long ago is the law of attraction. what, what is that and, and and how do we use that?
1: The law of attraction is the way you think is basically the way you create your life. So if you constantly believe that the world is out to get you, um you will just fall into um you'll fall into the things that um are negative, and um you'll find more things come at you that uh, make you angry um, And if you look at life a little bit better and believe that you do make a difference in life, things come to you easier. And um, you just have to get, you have to believe that not everybody's out there to get you. Yeah. There, the
0: there, you is, one thing, there, there is one thing you mentioned to me is that the, the big picture is uh, how can we help the world? Why, why is it important we feel like we should help the world rather than just care for ourselves?
1: Because we are the world. Um, all of us are in this together, whether we think we're not, we are or not. And it's through our kindness to one another that we'll create a better world.
0: But to do that, you have to be a nice person. Do, do you ever, in your 18 years, have you ever run across people who are just negative and you suggest all these wonderful ways to enrich their lives and enrich the lives of others and they're they're just not buying it. They they just stay negative. The, uh, Have you run across those people?
1: Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Um, what do you do? What do
0: you, what some, do you do with them?
1: Well, sometimes sometimes I can talk them out of it, but sometimes they're so angry and they're so um, upset about everything that um, they're stuck and. Um, those are the people that are usually running to the doctors that have severe health problems and um, they will, anger anger that you hold on to and fear and negativity will cause health problems because your emotions have to go somewhere and they and if you don't release them in a positive way, they will settle into your body and it will cause health problems
0: And you've seen that over and over again. Uh, Well, let me thank Renee Shade for joining us, licensed massage therapist and wellness coach, and has a really good, positive outlook on life. So, Renee, thank you again for joining us
1: tonight. Thank you for having me.
0: My pleasure. And thank you for listening. We'll be back next week, same time, same station. So between now and then, have a great week. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll be back next week. Good night. And I sat
1: and watched the Zanzibar sunset. Sat and drank my fresh mint tea with nothing to do until
0: morning. And only my mind.